Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CE curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hi, my name is Manesh Patel, and uh, I'm at Duke University, and I'm back again to talk to you about VTE therapy and a comprehensive process to do it. And again, I'm joined by some of my uh, great friends and colleagues, Elaine Heilich from uh, Boston. Elaine, thanks for joining me. Sure. And then Renata Lopez, who works both at, at DCRI and also works in, in Brazil at times, who's a wonderful researcher and clinician who takes care of a lot of these patients too. Renato, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Manesh. Well, you know, when we think about a comprehensive approach to oral anticoagulant therapy for patients with VTE or venous thromboembolism, I guess, Renato, I'll start with you. Are there things that personalize how you think about the patient? You know, uh, is it whether it's a venous clot in their leg or is it a large PE? How do you know about dose? How do you think about how long you treat the patient? How do you personalize that therapy? Yeah, so that's a great question, Matt. We could actually talk days about this. It's a very complex uh, question. Uh, but in, I think in summary, I think we need to look at, um, of course, the classic risk factors. Uh, how many of uh, these, patient are, uh, these patients are at risk for having recurrent events? Um, because I think that's going to be very critical uh, to define for how long we treat these patients. So are we talking to... Uh, are we seeing a patient that has transient risk factors that might go away after a few months? Or are we really talking about patients that are highly, have, have a high risk of having recurrent events, such for example, a vascular disease, the traditional cardiovascular risk factor, phospholipid syndrome, or an active cancer, renal disease. Those are all situations, elderly patients. Uh, this is the first VT versus the third VT events. We know that the second, the third, the fourth VT events are usually more severe, more likely to be fatal, uh, and therefore uh, it might change our mind in terms of uh, for how long should we treat these patients. So those are some of the classic things that we always look to define really uh, how comfortable I am to really treat this patient alone versus uh, in a comprehensive approach and multidisciplinary approach called uh, other specialties, so vascular surgeons, or hematologists to to help uh, doing this assessment uh, of what else should we think about. Uh, also to think about uh, and re be reassured about the dosing. We have different dosing regimens for uh, VT treatment. Remember, in AFib, we are very concerned about adjusting doses for renal impairment. This is not the case for the VTE patients because typically they are younger and uh, they don't need that kind of adjustment. And obviously, then the key question that nobody has a definitive question is for how long should we treat these patients? What we learned in the last years is that the recurrent event or the rate of recurrent event in the first year, it's about 10% per year, which is very, very high in a way that now the standard is after an initial course of three, six, or even 12 months, we tend now to do at least 12 months of an additional treatment because we have safer drugs that can be highly effective in reducing the risk of recurrent event and a very minimal cost of bleeding, and obviously uh, take care of these really high risk, uh, particularly the first year after a VTE event. So those are some of the considerations that we need to think about when yeah, we treat lots, these patients. 
banks were not a lot to think about, but certainly you highlighted those risk factors, both their traditional and others that might make you extend therapy, including recent illness, prior VTE, obviously renal function, cancer, a variety of other things. Recognizing we're not going to dose adjust, we're going to use them as studied because that's the way we do it in VTE, given what we know. Um, well, Elaine, tell me about how if I if I do all those things to make sure the patient is getting personalized therapy, how do I make sure they have access to it? How do I make sure they continue therapy? Are there things you guys do or places do that make sure that we're comprehensively making sure our patients stay on the therapy and get the therapy? So I can certainly share with you some of the programs that I'm you know, familiar with. Some of the anticoagulation clinics have actually transitioned a little bit to engage at least the initial prescription uh, for DOAX just to make sure that the patients understand you don't need to be monitored on these medications, You know, making sure, as I had stated, that the insurance coverage is in place for them when they leave the hospital. So these are all important, but let's not forget that these are blood thinners. And it's also important to set expectations uh, with the patient and the family members around bleeding. Uh, bleeding is very infrequent. Uh, we've, these drugs have been extensively studied. Uh, these clots need to be treated. They're emergencies. Uh, but patients should know when to maybe seek care at the emergency room. Are they seeing black stools, black bowel? I mean, these are the things that doctors and nurses and our pharmacists need to educate the patient and the family. Regarding the duration of therapy, as we've discussed, it's upwards of 30% at five years. So for individuals with an unprovoked or we don't know why you had this clot, there's going to be a long period of time. You might have surgeries. You might need to have different procedures. And that's why it's important to stay engaged uh, with your internal medicine doctors, your cardiologists, your hematologists about, you know, when can I just stop my medicine? Is it okay? And these are all of the practical questions that, you know, our patients will get guidance um, on what to do because these medicines are very fast acting. Uh, within two to three hours, you have a full anticoagulation effect, much different than warfarin. And in addition to that, they have a fairly rapid offset. So it's, it's different when you have procedures. It's actually much easier um, in many ways. So I think educating the patients, hey, let's not increase the risk of bleeding. We shouldn't be prescribing ibuprofens and non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs with any anticoagulant. You know, make sure you understand why is this patient also taking aspirin? Is it necessary? Because these dual therapies, the combination therapy can increase the risk of bleeding. And that's what we don't want and really? Manesh, if, you, if you allow me just to add one thing, because I think we've seen a shift. Uh, in the past, we focused a lot on this term provoke and unprovoke, and we all use that. But I think now, if we look at the data, and we are really focusing more into the, are there persistent risk factors versus transient risk factors? Because those are the key elements that when we are personalizing the treatment, we need to think about in terms of for how long I'm going to treat these patients, based on how much fact, how many factors, how many persistent risk factors uh, are present uh, in each individual patient. Yeah, I think that's really helpful, Renato, because I do believe, you know, some of these concepts have changed some for us, and we are getting to the point where we now know that there's a, a change for some of those things. 
I guess I'll end by saying the last thing to comprehensive oral anticoagulant sort of strategy or DOAC strategy for VTE is to make sure you have some feedback loop. You have some quality engagement project where people who are prescribing it or systems that are trying to treat our patients, we know how often they're filling their medications. We know that they're getting the right dose. And we also see that we're using therapies, at least at proven doses, in sort of these indications. And you guys are absolutely right. You know that why one person flies four hours and another person flies four hours and one gets a clot and another one doesn't is really a parts of the of medical world we're all searching to understand. But some of that is probably multiple hits, meaning you are also maybe a little heavier. You might have some diabetes. You might have some other risk factors. So as they add up, putting those into context of continuing patients and getting that data will be valuable. Listen, this has been a great conversation. I appreciate you both joining me. And thank you all for joining and watching as we talked about comprehensive systems to make sure our patients with VTE get anticoagulant therapy. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME, LLC, and is part of our Minute CE curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.